Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Marsh, and I'm on a mission to help you, teach you, and motivate you to grow flavorful and nutritious microgreens in your home. Each Microgreens Podcast is meant to supplement content published on homemicrogreens.com, but in reality, the show is more about sharing with you the joys of growing your own food. Not only is it more nutritious, but seeing those plants grow will lift your spirits, bring a smile to your face, and give you a positive outlook on life. Let's get started. Welcome to the Microgreens Podcast. This is episode number 31, and today I'm going to talk about the methods I use to germinate microgreens. Over the past month or so, I've written four articles on how to germinate microgreens, and specifically the four methods that I use to grow microgreens. Today, I want to briefly discuss each of these methods, and I've actually put together a page that has all the four articles on it. That way, you don't have to search through the whole website to find the four articles. If you just go to homemicrogreens.com forward slash 31A, that will take you right to the page, and the page is entitled, what did I call it here? How to Start Microgreens, My Best Germination Methods. And like I said, I really want to go just briefly over these four methods so that you get some idea on how I do germinate microgreens or how I start microgreens and which method I use for what seeds. Every variety of microgreen that I grow, I grow in a blackout method. The only exception to this would be lettuce. I do grow lettuce under a transparent dome, but all the rest of the microgreens I put into one of these four different types of blackouts. Now by a blackout, what I mean is that I don't let light onto the seeds. And there's four different ways that I do this. Now the first way, the most common way, is called or what at least I call it, the weighted blackout method. So what does this entail? This entails spreading the seeds out on the surface of the soil, putting something on top of those seeds. This, one, helps push the seeds into the soil. Two, helps retain moisture. And three, blackens out or doesn't allow light to reach the seeds. Now, why we call it the weighted method is that you actually put a weight on top of whatever you've laid on top of the seeds. This presses, actually presses the seeds into the soil. The weight actually forces the microgreens to root into the soil and help push that weight up off. Plants want to grow. I mean, you've all seen weeds growing through asphalt, I'm sure, or in cracks of cement. I mean, these plants just want to grow. And the same thing in the microgreen tray. You have all these plants, and they will actually lift that weight up off the tray. In my opinion, you can grow every microgreen variety there is using this weighted blackout method. And the majority of microgreens that I grow, I do use this weighted blackout method. The article on homemicrogreens.com has more details, but just know that it can grow any microgreen there is, any of them. The weighted blackout method will grow any of them. How much weight do I use? Well, I think it really depends more on the tray size than it does on the microgreen. So for small trays, something like in the 30 to 50 square inch area, I generally use about two and a half to five pounds. For 10 by 10 trays, when you're up around 100, I generally use between five and 10 pounds. And for 10 by 20 trays, I generally use anywhere from 10 to 15 pounds. This has more to do with trying to distribute the weight evenly out on the tray, sort of spread the weight out. And obviously with a larger tray, you have more microgreens. They can actually lift and, and support more weight than on a smaller tray when you have fewer microgreens. 
So you're probably wondering if the weighted blackout method can grow all varieties of microgreens, why do we have three additional methods? I think this will be more obvious when we get into each of those methods and you can see the reasoning behind it. Method one is the weighted blackout method. It's the most common and it's one that you should learn how to use. My second method I called the buried blackout method and it's pretty much what it sounds like. What we're gonna do is bury the seeds. Instead of filling your tray with soil all the way to the top, we're gonna leave about a quarter inch. We're gonna leave the soil about a quarter inch below the top. We're gonna level it out. We're gonna tamp it down a little bit, just like we would with the weighted blackout method. Again, this is all laid out in the articles. And again, you can see all these articles if you go to homemakergreens.com forward slash 31A. There'll also be a link down below in the show notes. Once the soil has been even and tamped, then we spread our seeds out onto the surface and then we put more soil on top of the tray and just make it level with the top of the tray. From there, just like with the weighted blackout method, we put our tray separator down and then put the weight on top. I use the buried blackout method for microgreens that have a hard time shedding their husk or their hulls like beets and Swiss chard. I also use this method for larger seeds say nasturtiums, peas sometimes on small trays. Borage is another seed that comes to mind. Any of those seeds that are larger. The reason being that if you have the soil level to the top of the tray, put those larger seeds down, put the tray separator on top, there's still a little bit of a gap. And the problem with this gap is it lets air in and it'll actually dry the seeds out. With the buried method, those seeds are gonna stay moist. With seeds that have a hard time shedding their husk, like the beets and the Swiss chard, the soil actually provides a little bit more friction as they germinate and grow up through that soil that actually helps pull that husk or that hull off. So anytime I'm growing a new microgreen that has a large seed or a husk, a hard husky seed covering, I generally plant first with the weighted blackout method and with the buried method and see which one works better. I think you're going to see that in some of the new articles I have coming up. You're going to see that I'm planting some larger seeds and I show pictures with both the weighted blackout method and the buried blackout method. And then you can make your choice on which way you want to grow them. So just a little recap on this. We leave the soil level about a quarter of an inch down. We spread our seeds. We mist our seeds. Then we put more soil on top sort of tamp that down so it's level with the surface of the tray, the top of the tray, the lid of the tray, the lip of the tray. Then we wet that soil, place a tray separator on top, and then the weight. The seeds that are buried in the soil will stay moist. You don't have to worry about them drying out. And if they have a, a hull or a husk that's hard to remove, the friction of the soil as the, leaf, as the plant is pulling itself up out of the soil will actually leave the husk in the soil. It's really great, like I said, for beets and Swiss chard. It just takes those hulls right off. You can try this also with cilantro, although I don't really mind the few hulls that are left on cilantro plants. I don't use this method with sunflowers, but I do use it for peas and the smaller trays. Larger trays, there's so much area that you're actually going to, that the tray separator will actually push down and keep the majority of those seeds uh, moist. But with small trays, a lot of times, the air can get all the way through the tray from one end or one side to the other, and it dries the seeds out and they don't germinate as well. So for small trays, anything under 50 square inches, I generally bury the pea seeds 
anything larger than that, I generally don't. I just grew two trays of nasturtiums, one with the weighted blackout method with the seeds on top of the soil and one of the with the uh, buried blackout method with the seeds buried. And I sort of like the buried blackout method better. They both look almost exactly the same. I just feel more confident in that tray looks better. The plants look better when the seeds aren't on the surface. I don't know, just something about it. I just like the buried blackout method when I plant larger seeds. The third method I want to talk about today is called the dome blackout method. And again, this is very self-explanatory. Just as in the weighted blackout method, we fill a tray with soil to near the top of the tray. We tamp it down, level it off, spread our seeds, mist our seeds. And then instead of putting a tray separator down and then the weight, what we do is actually take another tray, a higher dome, if you will. It's still black. It can be transparent if you want, but you should cover it. But a dome, at least an inch and a half or two or two and a half inches high. And I place it upside down on top of the planting tray to make a, a dome, a blacked out dome. I'm hoping you can picture this. If you can, again, you can just go to the article and see the the article has a ton of pictures on it showing the dome blackout method. Now, the dome doesn't need to fit exactly on top of the tray. It can go over the whole tray, but still you need an inch and a half or two inches of clearance above the seeds in order for this method to work. Again, if you don't have a black dome that fits, you can use a clear dome. Just put a couple tea towels or something that's dark over the top of that dome just so the light is excluded. We want to exclude light, and I haven't proven this because I've heard... Again, I'm using internet dogma here that the seeds germinate better in the dark. I haven't actually tried this yet. The blackout methods seem to work well. And it makes sense to me because most seeds are buried by soil when you plant them or they get or are covered by detritus or something that covers them up before they germinate. I'm sure at some point I will do a test with clear domes and blackout domes and see which grows better. But for now, we're just going to say this is a blackout method. We're going to use a dark color dome or we're going to blacken the area out by putting a towel or something that excludes light from the seeds. So now I'm sure you have another question. You're saying before that the weight actually helps the microgreens root better. So why in this case are we not putting weight on top of the seeds? Well, there are some microgreen plants such as some of the thin stem mustards or amaranth the stems are so weak that they can't really lift that weight up off of its, off themselves. For me, this is usually seen with amaranth. I've planted amaranth lots of times with the weighted blackout method and the seeds germinate perfectly fine. The problem is if you don't get the weight off the seeds or off the young plants soon enough, they will actually stay bent over and crooked. And I've actually grown a whole tray of a red garnet amaranth that actually you could still see where the weight was sitting on top of the tray. All the other plants along the edges were growing up straight and perfectly fine. But the ones in this round circular weight, because I use like dumbbell weights, this round circular area, the, the plants were all crooked. The stems were matted down. You could actually tell where the weight was on the tray, you know, five days, six days after the weight was off of them. The stems just don't do well if the weight's left on too long. So this is why I grow them underneath a dome. Now, some of these amaranths and some of the mustards like wasabi, even wasabina, they're really thin-stemmed uh, plants and they're very sensitive and they're very fragile. So growing them underneath a dome where they can just grow up to the top of the dome seems to work great for them. Now, this method isn't without its problems because 
there's a lot more air underneath that dome than there is underneath the tray separator with a weight on top. So with an extra volume of air, you can have extra moisture. And if you have a dome that's sitting up above the soil, that dome is going to get cooler than the soil and the moisture underneath that dome is going to condensate on top of the dome and then drip down on the plants. And again, plants like amaranth and mustards, they just can't deal with that extra wetness and you end up with a bunch of dampening off disease. The extra moisture, the extra humidity under the dome actually causes another problem, and that is the fact that the roots don't really grow down into the soil. They're getting everything they need right at the surface. So when you lift that dome up off the top of the plants, you're going to see a whole bunch of white. That white is not mold. That white is the root hairs. The root hairs object is to actually grab moisture at that point. The seed has all the nutrition that the plant needs to grow to the cod leading stage. All the roots are doing is a little bit of support. Again, there's no wind underneath the dome, so they really don't need to grow down to help support themselves. And the other job the roots have is to get moisture. So since there's so much humidity underneath the dome, those root hairs can stay at the surface, grab all the moisture they want to. Why would they expend all the energy to dig down into the soil when they have everything they need right at the surface? Now those root hairs will go, you pull that dome off, leave them out, put them underneath the lights. Those root hairs will disappear or grow down in the soil or whatever they do. But still, you don't have quite the sturdy plants that you would have with the weighted blackout method. But this is why we're growing these thin stem microgreens anyways. They really don't really need a deep rooted system. They don't have a whole lot of extra tall leaves. They're not going to fall over. And the dome method really works well. Again, for amaranth, very thin stemmed microgreens, such as some of the mustards or anything else that I haven't thought of right now that does have a thin stem. So that is the dome blackout method. The fourth and final method I want to talk about today, I call the hybrid blackout method. The hybrid method actually starts out as the weighted blackout method. So we sow our seeds, we plant our seeds just like we would for any other microgreen with the weighted blackout method. Once those seeds have germinated to the point where they're ready to go underneath the lights, we're going to do the second part of the method, the hybrid part of the method. And that's where we're going to put the blackout dome over the top of these plants. So why would we want to do that? Why would we take plants that seem to be doing perfectly well underneath the weighted blackout method? Why would we want to stick them into the blackout a little bit longer underneath the dome? Two reasons. The first is I use this method with sunflowers. If you've ever grown sunflower microgreens, you know that a lot of times those seed hulls will stay on the plants. The buried method does not work very well for sunflower seeds for some reason. They really stay, I think because they're so dense, that the soil comes up with them. So they, they're actually pretty dirty if you use the buried blackout method. But still, if you let them, if you put them underneath the lights after the weighted blackout method, you're gonna find that a lot of them, a lot of the sunflower microgreens were gonna retain their hulls all the way through their life until they start growing true leaves when they might shed them. And if you ever had a sunflower microgreen that has its true leaves, you're gonna find out that it's very bitter. So we need a way to remove a lot of those hulls. And this method really works great for that. The hybrid blackout method really works great for sunflower seeds. Once those seeds have germinated and actually lifted that weight up off, I take a blackout dome, I put over the top of them. I let them grow a day or two underneath that dome. Again, it holds in a ton of humidity. 
and that humidity condenses, and you'd think that this would cause mold problems, but it doesn't. But what it does do is it loosens up those holes. Those holes become softer with all the extra humidity, and the cotyledons, when they spread out, will actually throw those holes off much better than they would if you just put them underneath the lights. Now, it's not going to get every hull off, but if you brush your hand over the top of them, you're going to find out that you're going to lose a lot more using this method than you would just by placing them underneath the lights. Another microgreen that I use this hybrid method with is arugula. Arugula has this tendency to stop growing once it's underneath the light. So I've grown arugula both with the weighted blackout method and the dome method. I think they germinate much better with the weighted method. But once you take the weight off and put them underneath the lights, they just don't grow taller. They just start leafing out, and it makes it really hard to harvest. By placing them in the hybrid blackout method, putting a dome over the top of them after they germinated with the weighted blackout method, those plants are going to grow up towards the top. They're going to be looking for light. They're going to grow upwards. They're going to elongate those stems so that when, you, when they reach the top of that dome and you actually put them underneath the light, you have a much taller arugula plant. You get a little bit more weight, but you get a much taller plant, which makes it much easier to harvest. So the hybrid method is basically the weighted blackout method. And then once that has, once the seeds have started to germinate, then I put a dome over the top of them, hence the hybrid blackout method. And I use this mostly for sunflowers and arugula. So there are the four methods that I use to start microgreens or to germinate microgreens. Again, the weighted blackout method, the buried blackout method, the dome blackout method, and the hybrid blackout method. It might be easier for you to see if you see actual pictures of these methods in action. And again, if you go to homemicrogreens.com forward slash 31A, that will take you right to the, to the page where you can click on each of those different methods and it'll take you right to the, right to the article you want. And as always, there will be links below the show notes in your favorite player here. Or if you want to go to homemicrogreens.com forward slash 31, it'll take you to the show notes for this podcast, 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 podcast episode, and all the relevant articles will be linked there. I hope you found this episode helpful. If it is so, could you please leave me a review and subscribe to the podcast if you already haven't? It really helps the show out a lot. It helps spread the word to other people. Helps get it out there into Apple, into Spotify, into Google Play, so more people can find this podcast and hopefully help them. This podcast has been sponsored by the Home Micro Green Store. Yes, I'm self-promoting. The Home Micro Green Store has all the supplies you need to grow microgreens, from trays to tray separators to soil, and of course, microgreen seeds. They're premium seeds at reasonable prices, and the customer service is top-notch. And if you have any questions, you can always reach me at Todd at homemicrogreens.com and I answer all my emails. So if you have any questions about how to start or how to germinate microgreens or any questions about what microgreens you should grow next, just reach right out to me and I'll give you my advice. I hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Microgreens podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. It really helps out the podcast. As always, stop by homemicrogreens.com and say hello. Now before the next show, plant your next tray of micros. Let's keep growing.